All right, everybody. Here we go. It is time. I have my arch nemesis on the podcast to commemorate the conclusion of the regular season. No, we're not talking Cardinals yet. I know that's the team. Don't worry. That's coming Tuesday and Wednesday. I'd be joined by the Ryland Styles of Locked On Now Eliminated Royals. How Ouch. are you doing, sir? <laughs> I was doing good before that side swipe. I mean, we've been eliminated for a month, and now you're just going to bring that up again. Right. <laughs> yeah, you guys have been eliminated for a while. But you know what? Your your Kansas City Chiefs are good, so honestly, I feel like it's fair to take shots at you as you beat my team last week as well. And I'm miserable at football, so this is all I have to hang on to, man. This is all I have in life is the San Diego, Slam Diego Padres. Hopefully it goes better for you than uh, the uh, Chargers season has started so far. Looking forward to watching Mahomes tonight. Hopefully dominate the Ravens defense. Go 3-0 and <laughs> against the Ravens, but we'll see how that all unfolds. Yeah, that's going to that's gonna be fun. And then if anyone plays fantasy football or is thinking about or let me say this if you're thinking about playing fantasy football you're like hey everyone talks about it don't don't do it trust me you'll be a lot happier in life trust me uh i hate literally everything in my life um anyway let's talk about baseball Ryland. and uh this is just it's a toast to the end of the season and one of the reasons i wanted to have you on was because well there's a couple things one because i don't know i just feel like you and i are always in the group dm just talking constantly which is fun um and also because you were on a while ago uh, to talk about Eric Hosmer. If, if old-time old listener, the old-time listeners of the podcast might remember, um, we did a roast of Eric Hosmer special. And you were on for, I believe, the, the first or I forgot which part it was, the first or second, I don't remember. But uh, we basically just talked crap about Eric Hosmer for a little bit. We jumped right into it. And then all of a sudden, Ryan, he had his, his best season in a Padres uniform in a while. How does it feel watching that from afar? I feel like I contributed a little bit. I feel like he listened to, uh, you know, listened to the Royals expert, listened to, listen to me talk about how he never embraces launch angle, always grounds out in double plays. This Eric Hosmer so overrated. I, I even called him a little bit overrated at the field, a little bit. People, someone has to say it. Look, it, it's been evident for a long time, the advanced metrics, the eye test, he has been a little overrated at first base. I had to get it all out there. And then this year, what he does is he takes my advice. He embraces launch angle. He has one of the best seasons of his career. So credit to Eric Hosmer. I mean, I think that you and I on that podcast turned his whole career around. Yeah, I mean, maybe we did. Maybe he listened to us. He he really said, you know what? I'm taking this to heart. I'm taking this personally. Because I, I don't know if you remember yeah, of this. Of all the people who have yelled at him about launch <laughs> angle, it was us two that got to him. Yeah, it was us two that got him to do it, 100%. And also, um, it was his literal first game when he drove, drove in six RBIs. He wasted no time. And uh, kind of, you know, listening to our advice and being great. That's kind of kind of the story of the Padres in general, I, I think. I attribute much of their success to, to be a bunch of their success. Just this kid who lives in New Jersey and tweets about video games. You know, he comes on this Padres podcast and all of a sudden, you know, it's their best season in like 16 years. So, Ryland, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm sitting pretty right now. I am sitting pretty. Yeah, you might be the good luck charm. I mean, they've been awful for, for years after making moves, after moves. James Shields, shout out former Royals legend, shout out Eric Hosmer, Royals legend. Uh, they make moves and moves and all of a sudden they get you in the saddle with the podcast and they have their best team ever. So credit to you, uh, full, full board credit to you. I mean, that's obvious that you've caused all of this to happen uh, from, from your room in New Jersey. I and mean, it's clear to me talking about them every single day. I think that Eric Hosmer though, had that podcast where he just bashed him over and over again. That was his pregame playlist. He didn't listen to, yes. he didn't listen to Drake. He didn't listen to Gwen Stefani, is, he, is she still even popular? She, he didn't listen to the Beatles. He listened to you and Gwen I. Stefani. <laughs> listen to you that, and I. Pulled that one out of nowhere. 
<laughs> wasn't she the one with the national anthem at the all-star game and just oh no no no, no. Was, uh, who was that oh who was that Queen oh my Pink gosh! Was, no, she's an actor, isn't she? I don't know. Oh, anyway. no, no, no. I know, I know who you're talking about, though. I'll, I'll look it up. Keep talking. Anyway, that that's what he was listening to before every single game. Was you and I say he can't hit for launch angle, he can't embrace launch angle. He did it, and there we go. Yeah, I think that in a lot of ways, you know, it's it was a scrumptious. Now, oh, I got an idea. What did you think of some of the the um that the main big rule change? I feel like that happened this season. This is such a pivot. On my part, my apologies, but what did you think of like the runner on second thing? Because I feel like this has been a, a big point of contention for for fans. Runner on second, to me, it's fine, but not in the second, not in the tenth inning. You've got to wait it out a little bit. You've got to give it some leeway. Let's play real baseball, mm. and then once we get to the twelfth, the thirteenth, in the regular season, mm. okay, let's let's finish this game up. We don't need to be burning arms for you know. Because imagine if the Royals had played a playoff team this weekend, and they went deep into games and it was a playoff team like the Cardinals. You know, the, they played the Cardinals on Monday through Wednesday. Imagine if they got flipped and played them Thursday through Sunday and the Cardinals had to win on Sunday to get in the postseason. And then the, the, the sorry ass Royals take them to 15 innings and they've got to play on Wednesday. And, get, and they, when they start playing Wednesday, they get no off day. So their bullpen staff is just eight and up. Just start the runs on second and, let, and let's just go from there. But don't do it until like the, the 11th, 12th inning. Because again, regular season baseball, at the end of the day, you have enough time to make up those one games. They, they do come back to bite you a little bit, but win the game before the, t- the 12th, and then we start with the second inning rule. But in the postseason, never. I, if, if it ever comes to the postseason, uh, I'll, I'll be out. Yeah, I think for me, I kind of agree. So I think that um, some people have said this, and I think that I agree with By the way, calling that- them the sorry-ass Royals right there not gonna help the negative the negative reviews that i get no it's not um, it's not i'm trying i'm trying to cover for you right now i'm trying to, he was kidding guys uh, uh, but, yeah, they're uh, actually a great baseball team they, they, reverse the <laughs> record you're looking at it ron you're reading backwards yeah it happens to the best of us right so i think that speaking of the best i think that one of the things with this rule change is i actually think that it's i'm not totally out on it i'm not a total baseball purist. i think for the most part changing things is good uh, for just ways of life as well. But I think that in this case, I feel like it's one of those rules that's a lot more fun if you're not a fan of the two teams and you're just someone who's a fan of baseball and watching the game. And you're like, cool, let's just get this over with. Let's, we're going to find it out right now for sure, most likely anyway, right? Um, I think the best way, I think I, I like your idea where it's kind of like maybe not in the ninth or the 10th inning or whatever, but maybe when we get a little bit deeper into games, then you start incorporating that rule. Almost like a... I guess maybe soccer could be an analogy where soccer at first it's just extra time and then it becomes the the golden goal like it's the golden goal thing and then it becomes a shootout maybe that's what you do where it's like two types of potential overtimes depending on how long the game goes um but I do think that I think it makes more sense to do it in a long season if they do keep this 162 which I also agree I think that I mean if you could just cut like 12 games off like just start small yeah, exactly. i feel like it'd be so don't, don't much go to more 60, fun don't go to 60 permanently but yeah come on let's go to 100 let's go to 100 even just taking it to 150 would be nice but let's mm. let's get on with it because in a normal yeah. year you want ideally in my opinion baseball should want to end their season in august and start the postseason get the playoffs in before the nfl starts before college football starts before all of that of course this year you get screwed with the coronavirus like everyone else did and you're playing in the midst of the nba finals with lebron and you're playing in the midst of the stanley cup and everything else but ideally in a normal year i would say in the season in august what do you have to do whatever you have to do to, do that, to make that happen cut the games out end it in august and we just move from october baseball to august baseball 
Yeah, it's really just, uh, it, I think it would result in a, a better quality product. You know what I mean? And I think that while there is been a point of contention to it, um, I think that if it's a longer season, and I, I also agree, I think that, man, if you could like dominate the beginning of September, start the playoff baseball right before football starts kicking up and, and basketball and regular season starts, you know, getting a little bit underway, you know, get the preseason stuff kind of happening and whatnot, then I think that it would be really good for baseball. But um, Rylan, you know what isn't something that's a point of contention? Well, in 2020, not a lot, but I'm sure you'll tell me. You know what's not uh, contentious at all? You know what's just objectively amazing? Built Bar. Oh, that's Built Bars right, are sir. fantastic. Built Bars are fantastic. They're chewy. They're, they're super yummy. I mean, I don't oh, know about soft, you, but... They're soft, too. Soft and... Yeah, they're, they're, and they and are and soft and chewy. <laughs> yeah, they're made of chocolate. Chocolate is one of 100% real chocolate, by the way, on the outside. 100% real chocolate. They are objectively just just you know i think chocolate in general i would say is one of the few good things we have out there some would say dogs some would say video games um video games not gamers uh i think that you know it's 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 a great thing and you know what's even better rylan you know what's even better here's here's the best part let me tell you they're healthy did you know that you know i think i read that somewhere that they're very good for the keto diet you know good for losing or maintaining weight i think i've read that somewhere before yeah, it's it, and it's all true. You heard correctly. Stop the presses, everybody. Built Bars are fantastic. And guess what? They've got like a bajillion flavors. I don't know if you've seen this. They have 12 original ones like coconut almond, raspberry, German chocolate, peanut butter, banana bread, mint brownie. And I'm not even a mint brownie fan. And I'm a big fan of the mint brownie fan. See, I can't even speak, Rylan. That's how excited I have to talk about Built Bar. Uh, they've got all these flavors and they've got six new ones. And I'm going to issue with you a challenge right now, right? Uh-huh. I dare you to not get hungry with these new flavors that I'm going to tell you about. Ready? You ready? Let's go. You set? I'm ready. Caramel brownie, cookies and cream. All right, I'm out. I lost. Uh, he's out. He's already out, folks. Cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. It sounds delightful. But, Ryan, did you know that there's a, a deal where you could get $10 off your next order? Did you hear about this? How? No, how? How, how do you get this deal? You could go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON to get $10 off your next order. That's BuiltBar.com. And also, there's free cooler with your purchase while supplies last. So check that out. They're just, just, they're just giving the customers everything over at Built Bar. They're giving you a great product that's tasty, yummy, and has like a bajillion flavors. You know, just tasty like there's and a bajillion- yummy. You don't find that everywhere, by the way. Yeah. Tasty <laughs> and yummy. <laughs> this, there's a bajillion flavors, just like there's a bajillion teams in the postseason this year. So, yeah, guys, oh, remember God. that's uh, BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON to get $10 off your next order. Go do that. <clears throat> All right. Now let me just take a sip of water. And this is for my listeners out there right now. You got to come back. I'm going to let you in on a peek behind the curtain. I'm not sure if we're supposed to do this on the podcast, but I'm going to do it anyway and, and see what happens. Tomorrow, we're going to have a Rock Auto read. And you need to go check out Locked On Padres, not only for the wonderful content that Javi p- provides, but for the wonderful Rock Auto read that he provides each and every time <laughs> we, talk, we talk about Rock Auto. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, I do my best with Rock Auto, I guess you could say. Uh, but now, let's, let's, let's keep the train rolling, man. Um, just with, with baseball and all that, I feel like um, it's been definitely a season that was – arguably one of the most exciting I've ever watched. I'm not just saying that from, you know, someone who hosted the show and whatnot, but I must say, I must say, I got to bring it up. People have been waiting. Why did you curse my team? I don't understand what I did to you. All I've been is supportive. I mean, yeah, I made a couple jokes about how you were actually younger than me, and I don't know why they only rag on me for being the youngest one at Locked On, but it just felt like a real 
unnecessary roughness. You know what I mean? It's like kind of what happened to Chris Carson yesterday. <laughs> that was you, know, you know, that, that, that was, that was a bit unfair, by the way, uh, that, <laughs> that you do get ragged on all the time for being the young person, uh, but I'm younger than you and I don't get ragged yes. on for that, but I'm an old soul. I know, I know a few more things than you a little bit in terms of the, uh, well, honestly, it's just because I don't talk on the conference call. So whenever Sully brings up some movie from the 50s, I don't ask him what it's about. I, I just move on with whatever Sean <laughs> yeah, can talk about that. You just, you know how to stay low. He <laughs> lies low. Yeah, that's the thing. You got to keep a low profile in all of these. But mm -hmm. it, it, it's, it's, to me, evident that I'm a curse in baseball. <laughs> I mean, you know, you root for the Royals and they're dreadful your whole lifetime outside of 2014 and 2015 where they made those miracle postseason runs, which I will cherish forever in my entire life. And then they go right back to being a pile of crap. And I embrace the Padres from the get-go. Them and the fish, the, the fighting fish were, were who I thought the Royals could be this season, a team that should have finished in the cellar of their division that all of a sudden hops up in the postseason on the 60-game slate. And then with the Padres, look, they're basically Kansas City. They've got Hosmer, they've got Matt Strom, they've got Trevor Rosenthal, they've got Tim Hill. I'm sure I'm forgetting 50 million other guys that came from Kansas City to San Diego. But as soon as I embrace them, Clevenger goes down. They start losing a little bit, going to a little sump with the T's. It was a mess, and I do raise my hand, and I do apologize for that. Uh, as much as I can take credit for Eric Cosmer, I've got to take credit for that slump because that happened and coincided right when I embraced them and called them the Kansas City Padres. Started playing baseball at the Kansas City Royals as well, but nonetheless. Yeah, and, and, and look, here's the thing. You, you mentioned Clevenger. Who knows if he's coming back? Uh, um, and then also Lamette, who is, at the time of this recording, uh, I think he's scheduled to throw a bullpen session. He might be doing it right now, actually. And that's kind of going to determine whether or not he pitches. So he might be out, which makes us probably Zach Davies, the number one starter, who, don't get me wrong, has been very good this season. But uh, it's definitely not great to see that our two best pitchers. I honestly can't remember, and don't get me wrong, I know people do this a lot, where in sports culture, Ryland, as you are very familiar with, in the sports internet, the sports media industry, it's always we do the this is the worst ever or best ever a lot. You know what I mean? We never take mm -hmm. a second to actually look through because, you know, that's kind of how it works. Sometimes hyperbole sells. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I really don't remember the last time, at least for a team I followed, that they've had such bad injury luck quite literally right before the postseason started, um, which is why I'm even more upset with you. I think that I, I can't remember it. I'm thinking of maybe – I remember there was a Yankees team where everybody went to a slump, but that was different because that's like playing related. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. honestly, I can't really think of much. I mean, maybe I'm just thinking of random teams now, like the, the Bengals, the one time the Bengals were good. Andy Dalton got hurt and couldn't play in that one. Remember that playoff game where they got like three personal fouls and lost the game. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was amazing. That was, that was amazing. But for the most part, I really can't remember uh, something happening like this. Yeah, you know, it's, it's kind of unprecedented, and maybe it's attributed to the 60-game season. I, I do wonder, and we'll never know the answer to that, how many of these pitcher injuries are just simply due to, all right, we're starting in February. No, we're starting in, uh, in, in June. No, we're starting in July. Uh, okay, now we have COVID, an outbreak, and we can't play anymore. Uh, like, w how many of these are due to just the wackiness of ramping up your arm, letting your arm go down, ramping it back up? Like, how many of the pitcher injuries are just attributed to this wacky season? I mean, Clevenger – was in, a, was in a groove. He was pitching pretty well in Cleveland. Gets in trouble for breaking the quarantine thing uh, yep. and then gets traded. That's another little bit of a layoff. And then all of a sudden, 
his arm gets hurt. And maybe it was going to happen anyway. Maybe it was just a ticking time bomb. And no matter if he would have been pitching all that time, it would have happened sooner, whatever. But I do wonder how much the, the stress of this season has put on two arms to get them hurt. Yeah, it's it's definitely a good point. Like I, I mentioned Chris, Chris Carson kind of uh, facetiously earlier, but, you know, in football, that's the same thing that's happening there too, right, where everybody's wondering, is just this shortened season, this kind of just just weird schedule, the whole COVID thing, and maybe not getting the same level of prep as we usually do, is that affecting and are we actually getting more injuries? Um, I haven't seen anything like super empirical and statistical on whether or not baseball saw more injuries this year than previous years. Um, I imagine there's some things going on, at least for football right now, with happened, uh, especially last week. But I think that, that that's a good point, um, that there's just been a lot of injuries and whatnot. And yeah, Clevenger had that one uh, infamous moment that feels like forever ago. I mean, honestly, at this point, I don't know about you, but there are certain parts of the season that feel like they occurred like decades ago. Oh, yes. And I can't really, yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to think about. Like the Tatis things feels like it was like six months ago. You know what I mean? The, by Tatis thing, I mean the the 3-0 pitch. See what I mean? You can't even oh, know I what a, I might I be talking about. I had a great Chris Russo-style rant on that, too, by the way. Oh, excellent. I mean, if you didn't have a Chris Russo-style rant and, uh, about that, then, I mean, you know, what are you doing almost? Not to take any shots on anybody who didn't. But, like, I'm just saying, you know, it's it was definitely, I mean, I'd say, my favorite up, of the season. If that didn't get you fired up, you just – you don't like baseball. I mean, yeah. because to have him – Chris Woodward, who, by the way, my big line in that, I just kept saying, who the hell is Chris Woodward? Never heard the guy. <laughs> who, who the hell is Chris Woodward? Uh, to have someone like that just try to take away from the one thing baseball had, the one thing baseball had a chance to, to grab the attention of the national spotlight. Instead, they grabbed the attention of, look how old and white baseball is. Look at this old manager just you know, putting his finger in the face of this young Latin star that's bat flipping and being amazing. I mean, like, that was the narrative instead of look how many cool, amazing young players we have like Tim Anderson and Fernando Tatis and look how many uh, you know, personalities we have. And that's the difference in baseball and basketball. And, and, and they really just hurt themselves over and over again. So that had to have gotten you fired up if you're a fan of baseball and want to see baseball grow outside of this little sphere and this little tiny audience that it has right now. If you want to see the game grow, we cannot have any more Chris, uh, you know, Chris Woodward's or even Dave Roberts going after uh, the Padres. You, you cannot have that happen anymore. You just can't because the game will die because it'll only grow to this limited amount of audience that you have right now. It's just disheartening because there are only so many times you can watch a home run. There's only so many times you can watch a single to the left field. But there's also only so many times you can watch a guy, a guy hit a three-pointer or a guy drive to the rim. There's only so many times that can happen. The difference is – Basketball players are allowed to celebrate. They're allowed to wear cool shoes. They're allowed to uh, get into arguments on social media and in the media. And they're allowed to show themselves and express themselves. It's a player's league. And that's why you see so many casual fans who maybe don't even have a basketball team in their city or their state, but they love basketball because they know exactly what Dwayne Wade's doing right now and exactly what Tyler Hero's doing right now and exactly what all of these players are doing literally every single moment of the day. And, and that's how basketball has captivated the audience. And in a sport that plays every single day, it is a crime at how much little exposure all these guys have. I have no idea what, what Tatis likes to do for fun. I have no idea what his personality is, where he likes to do and how he likes to dress and things like that. I know about all my basketball players, how they like to dress, what style they like, what kind of music they like, everything. Cause it's, they're just on display more. And you finally got a glimpse of Tatis personality and immediately gets shut down because he was playing baseball. He wasn't being 
facetious. He wasn't being, he wasn't being rude. He swung at a pitch in a game in which you can't take a knee. You can't dribble out the clock. You have to keep playing. He kept playing and got punished for it. And it was just ridiculous. Well said, sir. That was beautiful. <laughs> there you go. That was, I mean, those are basically my thoughts exactly. And I mean, you know, I got just to, to touch on this one more time, not to make the topic too uncomfortable, but I've always thought like there's a tint of like coded racism to some of the ways that baseball operates with these things sometimes where it's like, you know, you have to do the humble pie thing. It's because it's our game and it's the American game and all this stuff. And every now and then that seeps its way through. I do think that baseball is heading in the right direction. I feel like that most people are like us right now where they said basically everything that you just said right now. And I think that that says a lot. And it was a high profile one as well. I remember, you know, the Braves, I think it was Ronald Acuna. He got hit by whoever that was. I forgot like a couple of years ago, literally just because he'd been doing well. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it's very much like the, the unwritten rules. It's, it's extremely tired. And I know Bryce Harper, you know, attested to this kind of narrative we're talking about right now years ago. And what happened? You know, you got the Johnny Benches and all these guys saying, oh, you, you know, that, that, you get chin music if you say things like that. It's like, no, actually, like, you know, you guys keep saying how you're tough and masculine back in my day. Yet if somebody flips a bat, apparently that shatters your ego tremendously. Like how fragile of a mindset you have to have. There's snowflakes. So, yeah, they really they yeah exactly. It's that's a correct term of the of the of snowflakes, honestly. And I really think that though, uh, I really think that it's dying out that part of baseball. I really do. I think that this is the first major one where everybody almost universally, even players, were like, "This is so dumb. Are you kidding me?" Not to mention the Pirates bullpen at that point of the year was complete dog crap. You know what I mean? They mm -hmm. were blowing leads all the time. So the idea that a six run lead, it's like that's it. It's like how about we just call the game then? You know what I mean? How about we just call the game? Hey, Texas, you good with this now? Of course they're not going to call the game because they want to try to get some hits and make a comeback. And guys want to keep getting hits and up their stats for potential contracts and stay in the league longer and all this stuff, right? So it was just completely ridiculous. And I do think, though, that's really what the Padres kind of bandwagon exploded oh, into yeah. infinity and beyond. Every that single media when... company had Padres shirts come out. And mm -hmm. Yeah, the Padres merch grab. was incredible this year uh that we're nasty phil shirts all these things and they completely destroy texas uh like i'd I be mean, texas as in the rangers and the houston astros sweep both of them and they basically <laughs> go i think they went 21 and 5 basically ever since uh at following the tatis thing they were absolutely unbelievable for a stretch so it was it was really good to see one of the great moments and machado's walk-off was amazing and jake cronenworth and Will Myers, most for me, my most underrated player of this play of the season is still uh, when Will Myers, the, the the game after this whole controversy, hits that grand slam in like the first inning. I feel like people don't talk about that one a lot because everyone was so preoccupied with Tatis, but that was my favorite moment. Uh, and now we got the playoffs, man. All of this later, despite the short seed, it still feels like a lot happened, and we have the playoffs now. Will you be watching the playoffs extensively? Oh, for sure. I mean, um, I, I I don't like the culture around baseball right now but you're right it is changing i still love baseball itself it's going to be mm -hmm. weird it's going to be different um unlike ever before you're going to have so many options i mean you're going to have the finals football college football yeah uh, the stanley cup you're going to have everything at your disposal and then people's lives in general just get busier in the fall your kids are going back to school you know you probably have more to do at work and you're ready for the new year and things like that but I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going to love it. I'm going to try my best to um, appreciate it and, and to just realize how different it is. Because even if this season, I think it's kind of like the NBA, like it doesn't have an asterisk by it, like the Astros, but 
it, it, it has to have a, a, a positive asterisk by it in the sense of there has to be a story about how this happened. It has to be denoted like, look, this happened. It was in a bubble the first time ever at neutral site parks. I'm interested in how the teams that have never played out West because we did this regional schedule, how they're going to adjust to all of a sudden playing in these new ballparks. I mean, again, the, the Rays and Yankees haven't, uh, you know, the Rays and uh, Blue Jays are two teams in the East and they're playing each other. They have not played outside of Eastern ballparks and now they're going to go to San Diego or, or LA. How are they going to, how are they going to change their game to those parts? Because we've always heard how baseball is about the dimensions of your ballpark. Look, Kansas City builds their team differently because they play in Kauffman Stadium than the way the Yankees or the Astros build them where they're playing in sandboxes and, and they're just going to be able to hit home runs all the time. So I, I just wonder about the ballpark factor, uh, the fan factor, and will these games feel the same way NBA playoff games have felt so far? And that's what's given me a little bit of, um, you know, confidence because the NBA playoffs had the same questions about it. Will this feel like a big moment whenever it happens? And the answer has always been yes. Every single big moment that happens has felt like a big moment. I hope baseball has that same thing because in baseball, there's just a lot more subtleties where it's not an in-your-face slam dunk. It's a okay, he went with a slider there on one, two. Is he going to go back to that? Or can he do a, or can he just throw a fastball high enough? Just things like mm. that to where the crowd plays a big part, their reaction, them waiting with bated breath on a foul ball that was clearly 75 feet foul, but they're still getting excited as if it's a home run. That energy that they bring to the postseason won't be there. Will it still feel like such a big moment on a normal foul ball in the third inning? I'm not sure. I'm interested in it. And it's going to start, what, 11 o'clock tomorrow? So it's going to be really fun uh, to watch that all go down. I am going to watch, though, pretty much every single game uh, that I can and, and just sit down and embrace it because I do think whoever wins had to deal with a lot and they should be traditional champions. You shouldn't hold anything against them. But it will be different, something we've never seen before, and hopefully we'll never see again. Yeah, it's going to be basically like March Madness formats, especially the yeah. beginning. For uh, baseball, oh I mean, goodness. just all these games, best two out of three. Anybody could win. Anyone could lose. I know the Padres have an interesting path because, unfortunately, kind of, if they are able to manage to beat the Cardinals, uh, they play the winning of the winners of Milwaukee and the Dodgers, which mm-hmm. might potentially give them but the hey, Dodgers you know, the, the, the second Brewers round. The Brewers could win so. two or three. Anyone can yeah, win two or three. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. Anyone can win two or three. Obviously, the Royals could go into this postseason and win two of three. Yeah, it's true. It's 100% true. Um, it's going to be interesting to watch, man. But overall, I think that I just had – so much fun being a part of the network. And I just think that mm-hmm. covering the team has been fun. I don't know. We just completely trashed on some of the things, uh, the flack we got from people for the most part, it's been super positive and just been for sure. just a lot of fun. So one final toast, sir, to the end of the 2020 uh, major league baseball season. It was a, it was a great one and an interesting one uh, to be sure. And hopefully uh, people still stay safe, man. You know, nothing disastrous happens. Cause I think we've been on a good streak for a while. Yeah, and I mean, just to leave traditional baseball fans off here, you know, we all get excited every year about the four-game Friday. I mean, I know that you know what that means. I mean, whenever we get that first postseason Friday where there's four games on, it's incredible. Look at that set, Look at that Wednesday slate. I mean, you thought four-game mm. Friday was fun? Uh, try eight games just going on at one time from sun up to sundown, literally starting at 11 a.m. Central Time, not ending until first pitch at 9 p.m. Central Time. I mean. That's going to be amazing. They're going to be overlapping. So you're going to be have, have to have like 50 million screens up trying to figure out what's all happening. And oh, by the way, LeBron James also plays in the NBA Finals that day. That's going to be one of the all-time great sport days. I, I just cannot wait. And it's going to be so much fun. Absolutely, Ben. Amen. 2020 season in the books, everybody. Ryland Styles. it was a blast having you on as always. 
It was fun. It, it was really fun. And I do think that you're doing a good job. I've listened to your episodes, you, you know, here Thank and you. there about big things that happen with the Padres, of course. And you've always been on top of it. Funny, energetic. That's what we need in baseball. We don't need any more of these boring, just, well, this guy has a 15 war and he's pretty good <laughs> at baseball. Uh, you should check him out on Tuesday at the, uh, uh, Red Sox Blue Jays game on Sports Center on Sports Network Toronto. I, we need some life and energy, and that's what I think that that you provide. So I like that. I know that you know, you've you've gotten some flack for that, but like you said, the sport is slowly changing, and the mm-hmm. people who prefer to consume baseball the way I just presented it uh, are slowly evolving as well. So your style is going to play eventually. I mean, it, it will. Thank you so much, man. I appreciate the kind words. Um, you, you definitely weren't alluding to anyone in specific with that nerd voice. Um, I think no that, uh, no, no, it's specifically. And I'm really looking forward to actually, I know this sounds crazy, looking forward more to listening to yours in the off season. Cause I'm really curious to see what you come up with, with this, uh, this team that is even in the playoffs. So I'm definitely looking forward to that, man. It'll be tough. I mean, it'll be tough. Maybe, maybe I can uh, just throw the Thunder podcast up there and see what happens. And <laughs> yeah, just see if anybody notices. <laughs> if anyone notices. That, that's a good um, way to test if anyone's listening. Just put the, the Thunder show on the Royals feed and have, see if anyone freaks out. Yeah, we'll see, man. Uh, can't wait. Everybody, you can follow Matt Ryland Styles on Twitter or whatever. I'll put it in the description. Follow Locked on Thunder. Follow Locked on Royals. It's been a good time, man. Uh, take care.